0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title! game with five seconds remaining.
1: Is there anything you
0: don't gamble on?
1: uh not really
0: Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended Gamble's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime. You know him as Showtime on the Twitter sphere. I know him as Matt Siegel. Doesn't really matter, though. He's a handicapper as well. At Showtime Cappers is where you can find all of his picks on Twitter. It's NFL Week 15 as we continue to wind down here in the regular season. And that's going to be the majority of our pod, or all of our pod for that matter, as we record on a Friday morning. You were listening to this on a Saturday. No college football to speak of. Uh, well, in Army-Navy, the All-American game kind of uh, wraps up the regular season, but that is just one game for this weekend before we get into the bowl games. And we'll be keeping an eye on college basketball and the NBA, but as we record on a Friday morning, no lines to speak of for Saturday in either sport. So it'll be all NFL, and we'll get you in and get you out, and hopefully give you some winners along the way. Matt, always good to be joined by you. How we doing?
1: Greg, what's going on? We're doing great, man. I can't wait. You know, NFL season really winding down. We will have the bowls coming up, you know, the following week, I believe, uh, next weekend. You know, nice to have Army-Navy this weekend, but it's just a little bit of a taste. Really, what we want is the full slate of bowls and college football playoffs. It's nice, like we spoke about earlier in the earlier pod this week. We saw some great competitive games this week. I mean, the Raptors-Clippers turned into a blowout, but nonetheless, was great to see Kawhi back in Toronto. saw two competitive games out of the Sixers against the Nuggets and the Celtics saw a competitive game against uh, out of the Celtics and Pacers. We saw a lot of good
0: NBA this week, Greg. No, you're right. There was, and uh, it certainly uh, makes the regular season a little more enjoyable in the association when you do have close games and when you do have these guys playing Um, and, you know, load management aside, when these guys uh, are playing to their highest level, then it's pretty fun to watch. So uh, some good NBA this week, but, uh, as we said here on the weekend pod, it's normally very football-heavy, and it's going to be all football now as we go through our NFL Week 15 picks. Without further ado, let's get into it, as I want to take us to Lambeau Field in the NFC North. A game that I bet on Tuesday I tweeted this out. I would The line has since moved, but I would still play this uh, on the side that I took, and that's the Chicago Bears. Uh, as a road underdog, uh, I had them catching five. Line is down to four at a lot of shops now. Total of 40 and a half in this game. But the Bears side is what most interests me. We have a Bears team that is playing its best football at the right time of year. And I'm not sure they are going to win this game. But I feel pretty confident that they can cover this number. I would play it all the way down to the key of three. They get the extra time having played on Thursday against Dallas. I think later in the season that matters a little bit more. And you know... I do think for the Packers, there is a little vulnerability here that hasn't totally been exposed. I think to a certain degree, we saw that last week against the Redskins, where they really didn't look great. And, you know, if you want to speak about vulnerability getting exposed, look at what the San Francisco 49ers did to them. Um, Let me put it to you this way. I'm not expecting to see the Packers in the Super Bowl. No disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but of all the teams in the NFC that are vying for playoff spots or in them right now, The Packers are probably the one I'm most leery of as far as laying over a field goal with. Uh, So in a divisional game, arch rivalry here. I, I do like the Bears. To Let's not forget, the Bears defense did play really well in the opening game against the Packers. It was just the offense that couldn't get anything going. Well, that Bears offense is actually starting to look competent the last two weeks. So I'm not sure who wins this game, but I'm taking the points in a division rivalry Obviously, the Bears are backs against the wall to try and make the playoffs. So, it's not going to happen, but I do think they keep this game within the number.
1: Yeah, I mean, their defense has been playing better. Mitch Trubisky has been playing better. Nonetheless, Greg, the only question I have for you is, will I hit my Bears under 9.5 total wins?
0: Yeah, I and- think you're going to be okay there because, as I said, I'm not picking them to win this game out right necessarily. I still think... I mean, look at their last three games. They go at Green Bay, they host the Chiefs, and then they're at Minnesota. They're not going to win all three.
1: Can yeah, I mean, play- we agree? And, and and they beat the Cowboys the following week, and the Lions and the Giants. So that means that they would have ended the season on a six-game winning streak, and I think we can agree that would be a true travesty. Uh, travesty tra- for when you know for my future bet,
0: but Ooh, yeah, that would be a brutal beat for sure.
1: That would just—I um, mean—you can—you can hear the sadness in my voice. But nonetheless, Greg, let's be real—they're not—they're not, um, not going to travel to Lambeau, and they're not going to travel to Minnesota and win both of these games. I'll tell you that right now—they're not. Even if somehow they're able to pull out this game, you know what that means? That just means that game to the Vikings, Week 17, probably means that much more for them to win that game because the Packers would have lost that game. Although the Vikings and Packers would sort have of played the week before, but nonetheless, this game still matters to the Packers with them being one game above the Vikings and the Vikings on the road at the Chargers this week. So if the Packers can pull off this win and the Vikings lose, you know, then going into their matchup in week 16, the Packers now hold two games. So it takes a lot of pressure off the following game. So this nonetheless is an important game to the Packers and they will look to sweep the Bears as we know they won on the road opening night
0: uh, of this season. Let me ask you before we move on to our next game. How do you see this NFC North shaking out? Do you think it changes in the sense that, you know, Minnesota jumps Green Bay or it sounds like we're not really here in Chicago, much of a chance to run the table. or Is it going to stay the way it is with Green Bay winning the division? You know, how do you see it unfolding?
1: I see Green Bay. Um, I, Green Bay is going to beat the Bears this weekend. That's for sure. And then, and I do think the lot, uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings could drop this game to the Chargers. I'm not I sold on it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not playing the Chargers. But it's a tough game, and I think the Vikings could be caught napping. Not napping, per se, but just the Chargers had a great game last week. They put up 45 points. This is still a determined Philip Rivers. You know, he never quits. He plays hard. This Chargers team plays hard, nonetheless. Um, so they could drop that game. And then right gray comes out in Week 16, and the Vikings would be home because if they were to win that game, then they'll move in the first place. If the Packers are to win that game, then they would, you know, then they would clinch the division, and the Vikings would – be playing for the wild card that week 17 against the Bears so I do like my chances of the Bears losing because that game would still mean something to the Vikings and the Packers would travel to the sorry Lions week 17 where they would easily be able to pick up a W so uh look I mean we've thought this for the past couple weeks that this 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 division will come down to week 16 when the Packers and Vikings face off and I think it truly will Vikings with the home edge, I, I'm i going to side with the Vikings, but I can't ever count out that man Aaron Rodgers, especially when Kirk Cousins goes against winning teams. We know his track record. Greg, that game's on a Monday night. Kirk Cousins 0-8 on Monday night. I mean, that was the story when they lost to the Seahawks Monday night earlier this year. You know that's all they're going to be talking about all day long. Does Kirk Cousins break the streak and become 1-8, or does he continue the worst Monday night football streak in NFL history and move to 0-9, you know, only time will tell. But, well, I, I do I, want to add, I kind though, of pulled for Mr. Kirk.
0: The Vikings will also need the Packers to, to lose one of their other games, because the Packers have not lost in the division, and the Vikings have two divisional losses. They lost at Lambeau and at Soldier Field. So, if the Vikings are to win Monday night, that would get them even with the Packers, but then the divisional record would be the tiebreaker, which the Packers hold. So, they would need another loss, for the Packers. So it is looking like the Packers will be able to hold on here.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, so that's something I was unaware of. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. And, yeah, I, I would be shocked if the Packers lost the division because I do think the Packers beat the Bears this week, and then effectively, even if they lost to the Vikings, that means the Packers just got to beat the Lions on the road, you know, week 17. And, nonetheless, that would help the Lions to lose that game as it would just help them with a better draft pick because they are totally done.
0: Speaking of the Lions, let's stay in the NFC North to keep things moving. Uh, we're going to Ford Field where you have your first pick, uh, Detroit, hosting Tampa Bay. Lions are a three-and-a-half point pop, total of 45 and a half of this one. Uh, what's your play here, Matt? Yeah, my play's
1: the over here, Craig. I mean, I feel like every single time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play in a game, there is just a sh- crap ton of points scored <laughs> in their yeah. games. The only time their games have not gone over in the past eight games they went on the road to the Jags and, and they put up twenty eight and, and they only scored but the Jags only scored eleven. So I think the Bucks team totals a good look over here. I understand they just lost Mike Evans, a big piece, but they still have weapons. Chris Godwin and OJ Howard. You know, Jameis Winston airs out the ball. Not only does he air out the ball to his own team, he airs out the ball to the other yeah. team quite a bit as well. High risk, high reward
0: yeah. kind of quarterback
1: exactly turnovers lead to short fields short fields lead to easy points even for for offenses that aren't as good or in this case starting their third turn quarterback like the lions are the lions defense is not that good and we've still seen this lion's team put up a little bit put up some points they're really in you know tanking mode or i mean not tanking mode but they're really their season's done they've lost five in a row here but the, meanwhile, the Bucks have been playing better football. They've won four of the last five, and frankly, Jameis Winston is kind of still playing for a job, right? This Bucks still team needs to see where they're going, what direction they're heading, and at 46 here, I, I just find it really hard to believe that one team can't put up 28 and the other can't put up 21. That would be a total of 49. That'd be three points over if my math is correct. So over 46 here. Uh, is the play i do also lean lions like i said i think this is a slight buy low on the Lions, sell high on the bucks because frankly i don't think both of these teams are that good but you know the bucks winning four of the five Lions losing five in a row and uh, you're catching a field goal and a half at home for the lions uh, i think that's a solid play here i could see the this coming down to the end and and the bucks winning and not covering and winning by three or less
0: yeah, I'll be honest. I don't have much of a lean in this game, even. Uh, it's just a straight pass for me. Um, Tampa has been a team that seems to attract a lot of sharp money week in and week out, but at the same time, over a field goal on the road with a Bucks team that, you know, let's not mince our words here. Their season's over, too. So I think this game probably comes down to whoever's less dead as far as the side. I do think the over is probably where I would look to on the total, just because we've talked about this in previous podcasts. When you have a quarterback like Jameis Winston, who's going to take a lot of risks, that lends itself towards overs, because either you're going to hit big plays, or you're going to throw interceptions and give the other team a score on defense or a short field. So I do kind of like the over. One last thing before we leave the NFC North, not an official play, but something I will be looking for on Sunday. We kind of talked about how the Chargers could be live to upset the Vikings, I might look to take the Chargers on an alternate line and take the Chargers say minus three and a half, something like that. Uh, that's something that's going to get me like a two to one payout and and uh, look at look for them in, uh, in a bit of a pleaser uh, or, or a one leg of a pleaser, if you will, and just kind of alternate line them. The reason I say that is because the Chargers are five and eight, but four, in four of their five wins, they've scored at least 26 points. So when they win games, it's normally like 26 to 11 over Green Bay, 30 to 10 over Miami. Uh, They needed overtime, but they still put up 30 against the Colts in week one. And then last week, they went to Jacksonville and trounced the Jags 45 to 10. So normally, it's a team that when they do win, they're able to score. And it's not necessarily even that close. I mean, we saw Aaron Rodgers get shut down by that Chargers defense. Maybe last week was more about a dead Jags team because it kind of looks like that's where they're at right now. More on that in a bit. But I do think, you know, the Chargers, everything kind of comes together for them when they win. And all that talent they have on offense just comes through, whether it's, you know, Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. There's a lot there. So I think if you like the Chargers, there's some interesting opportunities to uh, sell points and make make a better payout than just even money.
1: Yeah, I agree with that there. You know, like you said, if they're going to win the game, they're going to win, uh, as, as as simple as that sounds. You know, and taking the one and a half here. But with Chargers games, you never know because they typically come down to the last play of the game. So that one and a half could be important. But if you've missed the number of three, Well, right. Like Remember, said, lose
0: those games. That's kind of why I'm looking at if they win, it maybe not being as close.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I would play um, the alternate line if I did have a play here. It, it's 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 an interesting game, but nonetheless, I'm off it.
0: Let's keep things moving, and I want to go to my next play for this NFL Week 15. I'm going to go to Cincinnati, where we have the New England Patriots traveling to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Total of 41.5 in this one. New England is a 10-point favorite. I'm interested in the total though, and I'm probably going to play the New England team total as well. I like it over forty-one and a half, and I'm probably going to look to play New England over its team total. It's pretty simple for me here. There's been a lot of noise about the New England offense, and you know, rightfully so. They it looks to be what is going to hold them back from winning another Super Bowl. All that said, doesn't this just feel like the spot that the Patriots unleash the dogs and and you know score thirty points in and Yes, would it? Would that make for a lay? You know, uh, to to give the ten, maybe. You know, like I do think this could be a blowout, but you know, it is it is a steep number, and I'd rather. I think the safer play here is to take the game over forty one and a half because if I'm saying I think New England could score thirty, then you know I I only need you know just over ten from the Bengals. So. Uh, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks, I know it's the Chiefs and the Texans' offenses, but uh, the Pats' defense has looked a little more vulnerable. Maybe, uh, but at the, you know, at the same time, maybe that's also a contributing factor here to taking the game over. Uh, maybe this is like an, a game like early in the season where the Pats' defense forces some turnovers, which means short fields. Maybe they score again on defense here. I just think that in games like this. Uh, with a low total of 41.5. If you think it's going to be a blowout, then I think you probably have to like the over. And uh, rather than lay the big number, I think uh, the New England team total over and over 41.5 makes a lot of sense. And, you know, for what it's worth, I know that, you know, their season is has been over for really since it started. But the Cincinnati Bengals have at least looked competent as an offense with Andy Dalton back there. And, uh, you know, 19 points last week, 22 points the week before against the Jets. I don't even think they need to get to, you know, if they score two touchdowns here, I'm very confident that this game gets over the total. So over 41 and a half and uh, the New England team total over will be something I'm looking at.
1: Um, you're confident in the Bengals scoring two touchdowns against the Patriots, Greg?
0: No, I, no I'm not. But I do think that they could. Like I, I'm confident in them getting 10, I'll say that.
1: Uh, fair enough, fair enough.
0: So, <clears throat> like I said, I think there could be a defensive touchdown. Uh, and, and I do think that, you know, this is the spot where Brady just comes out and says, all right, this is a team where I can take a dump on, and for at least one week nobody's talking about how bad our offense is, I'll take it. So I, I think that there's reason to think that New England will score a lot here.
1: So this is a, this is a get-right game for the Patriots.
0: Uh, if you want to call it that, sure. I mean, if if you consider getting right, going into Cincinnati and scoring 30-plus points, then sure. Uh, but, you know, you look at some of the games earlier in the season. Well, after
1: struggling on their offense, I, I would call that a get-right game. Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, I understand the Bengals, but it's still an NFL game, and it's still Sunday football. I mean, 30 points is 30 points,
0: Greg. And But, you know... I guess my point is maybe that isn't all coming from the offense because I do think that there might be a defensive score. Uh, You think about early in the season, 43 points against the Dolphins, uh, 33 points against the Redskins, 30 points against the Jets, and and a lot of that was helped by their defense, 35 points against the Giants. So I do think uh, this is going to be a big, uh, high-scoring game. So that's kind of how I'm looking in this game. Let's keep things moving. And Matt is going to give us another pick. We're going to go to Arrowhead Stadium, AFC West battle. The Denver Broncos travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Denver is a 10-point dog total of 45 in this one. Matt, what are you thinking here?
1: Greg, I've been talking about the Denver Broncos for the past couple of weeks now. I've been riding them. I've been telling you I've we've been seeing them play hard. Game in and game out. You know, they're coming off of back-to-back wins, a home upset uh, against the Chargers, a a big-time road upset against Texans. I mean, obviously, this Denver Broncos team is not making the playoffs, but nonetheless, they're not in the top-five pick conversation. They're right smack dad in the middle. They have a young quarterback, Drew Locke, at the helm. He is looking to prove himself. I don't see any reason why the Denver Broncos aren't trying to win their next three games. Of course they want a better draft pick, but like I said, they're right in the middle. They're at that point where, you know, they're not, they're not going to be trying to lose games to get an extra pick. They're just, they're just, they're just smacked out in the middle. They want to see what they have from their own team. And that's Drew Locke at quarterback, you know, back-to-back wins four and one against the spread in the last five. Nonetheless, Traveling on the road to the Kansas City Chiefs is always a tough battle, but those Kansas City Chiefs just clinched the division last week. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to take it easy because obviously they're still fighting for playoff seeding in the AFC for the top seeds for buys and whatnot. As I believe they
0: still have a shot,
1: Greg. Right? Yeah. I mean, yes. With what, the yeah. Victory one day, over New yeah. England,
0: they're still alive for a buy.
1: Yeah, so with that that big victory, you know, obviously there's still one game behind the Patriots, three to go, but they do have the tiebreaker now. So if they were to go two and one, um, or three and zero, oh, and the Patriots were to go one and two or two and one, then obviously the Chiefs would have the first round bye, which we know is huge. First round bye, then we'll be hosting a playoff game, and then very likely traveling on the road to Foxborough because that's probably what's gonna happen. Whichever team has the bye you know, we will then end up seeing a rematch of these Chiefs and Patriots like we saw last year, and I know the Chiefs would prefer to be home, as would the Patriots prefer to be home in that matchup. So the Chiefs will ultimately win this game, but a divisional game, 10 points, Denver has been playing hard. You know, we've seen Chiefs D get exposed to the running. We know Denver likes to ground the ball. You know, I just simply think it's too much here in a divisional game.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, I think I was all over Denver last week, had a first quarter, first half, full game against the Texans, which which I felt was a good flat spot opportunity to fade the Texans off that victory against New England. All of that said, it does line up, right? Like you said, Denver is playing hard. They have a first-year coach. And Vic Fangio, that's still proving his worth as a head coach. Uh, He doesn't have to worry about being one and done, though. I think he's shown – that he's got his team playing hard, and he'll be back in the Mile High City in 2020. Uh, But, you know, Drew Locke looked really good last week. And, you know, the the defense as a whole for Kansas City, better at times, but uh, suspect enough to where you think Denver could get, you know, 17 to 23, something like that here, which would probably be enough to cover. So I'm with you. Let's move on. I want to stay in the AFC West. And I know that the Oakland Raiders have not been a team you want to get behind in recent weeks, as they have been losing games by considerable margins as well, and now are out of the playoff mix in the AFC, uh, which is a little unfortunate because it did look like things were setting up for maybe one last hurrah at Oakland, and uh, they, they could steal a playoff berth. That's not going to happen, but like I said, one last hurrah in Oakland, that's why I love, love, love the Raiders this week. I have two max plays this weekend, and this is one of them. Uh, The Oakland Raiders minus the 6.5 against the Jags. I like every angle here. This is the last game ever in Oakland. The Raiders end their regular season with two road games at Chargers, at Broncos. So this is it. Final game that they're playing in Oakland before they're off to Vegas next year against a dead Jaguars team who is probably going to make a coaching change at the end of the year. Doesn't really know what's going on at quarterback. Gardner and Minshew did not reignite that offense the way I thought he might last week. I really wonder what's going on with the Jags and, and, and if they're even going to show up to this game. And I know, as bad as things have been for the Raiders, that they are going to show up in this final game in the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. And, hey... If Phillip Rivers, on his last legs, can torch the Jags, I think that Derek Carr could have a nice game here. Uh, we'll see if Josh Jacobs plays or not, but we know that Oakland is going to mix in the run with DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard. If he doesn't, uh, I think Oakland wins this game by two scores at least. I love the Raiders minus
1: 6.5. Yeah, Greg, no pushback for me here. I mean, this Jags team is just absolutely struggling. I thought they would get a little bit you know, right the ship a little bit or look better last week when they made the switch to Gardner-Minshew, and they just look absolutely dead. They look done. Uh, The season just seems like it's slipping away from them. They don't know what direction they're going. You know, Nick Foles now on the bench, Minshew, whatever, 4-9. They will be moving to 4-10 when they lose this game. And the Raiders, meanwhile, are going to be salvaging the season. After this whole Antonio Brown stuff, after the poor start this season, here we are. 14 games in, and the Raiders sit at 7-7, seven and seven and they actually have an outside chance at one of the wildcard spots. I don't think it's going to happen, but nonetheless, they do have a chance at it, and John Gruden has done a terrific job with this Raiders team and with this talent that he has on this team to even be in this position to be sitting at 7-7, seven and seven, uh, assuming they win this game
0: with two games remaining. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up our NFL Week 15 picks on the other side. all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete a free online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. And we're back here on Full Slate, a BlueWire gambling podcast. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg for my gambling picks. Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers for all of his. You probably just know him as showtime let's keep things moving we got three picks left one of them is a consensus pick which we will end on but Matt you're going to take us to uh one of the bigger games on the NFL card this week and that is the LA Rams visiting the Dallas Cowboys Rams are a one-point favorite opened as a three-point dog in this so we've seen a lot of line movement uh I think this got out to about two and then for the Rams I'm guessing that we've seen some buyback a little bit on Dallas Nonetheless, L.A., one-point chalk, total of 49 in this one in Jerry World. And you like a side. This is a Cowboys
1: team that is in trouble. They look pathetic. They've lost four out of five and three straight. Um, The Rams come in winning three out of four. And, you know, this is simply Sean McVay versus um, you know Jerry Jones, whoever you want to say is at the helm. Yeah, I think Jerry Jones might be calling the plays. That's hypothetical. <laughs> the Cowboys, the Cowboys yeah. are looking here, but Sean McVay nonetheless has this Rams team playing good football. Coming off the big Sunday night win against the Seahawks, this really would let me stress be typically a spot where I would say the Rams come in and a uh, letdown game after. But I just don't see it. They don't have the opportunity to have a letdown game. With three and one game back of the wild card, we already know the division is out of reach for them with the Seahawks and the Niners absolutely running away with it, and they will duke it out week 17. The Rams' only hope is to catch the Vikings in the wild card. And what did we talk about? The Vikings are on the road at the Chargers. a hard game. If they lose that game and the Rams win, they are now tied for the second spot on the wild card when the Rams seemed absolutely dead and looked like they are going to miss the playoffs. But Jared Goff has been playing well. This defense has been causing turnovers. Todd Gurley has been running well. Give me the Rams here against the struggling Cowboys. But this is a tough game.
0: Yeah, it is, and that's why I passed it. Uh, it, The Cowboys do have the extra time, but maybe you could argue that's a negative for a Dallas team that seems to have a, a, a soap opera feel to it, right? And and there's a lot going on there. And yes, the Rams seem to be the more put-together team right now, and they seem to be more in tune, and everything is kind of clicking. But let's not forget that the Rams, for the large majority of the first half of the season, struggled and and really didn't play well. So I can't ignore those games either from the Rams. The question is if Dallas is the team that can – kind of bring out some of those negatives that we saw from the Rams, you know, going back to, you know, a game that they really looked bad in against the 49ers and lost 20 to seven. And, you know, some other games there early in the season where, you know, it just, you know, Tampa Bay, that was a weird one, 55 to 40 in LA. So some questionable results for the Rams, but here they are uh, playing well at the right time of year. Dallas is doing the opposite. So the Rams are certainly the only side that I could look to in that one. Let's keep things moving. I'm going to stay in the NFC West and I am going to fade an NFC West team. And this is just a spot play for me. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons plus 10 and a half in San Francisco. Uh, the total is at 48 in this one, but I like the Atlanta side and I know that Atlanta has, Atlanta has been a team that I just have not been able to win on, either betting on or, or fading. All that said, you look at San Francisco, and the last three weeks for the Niners have been really, you know, emotionally, you know, high-interest games, right? And, and the whole country has been interested in these three games that they've played. They've been on national TV against the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and they kicked the crap out of Aaron Rodgers and company. Then they went to Baltimore and lost the game by three, did cover, uh, and then they won outright against the New Orleans Saints. So that's 2-1 and 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 3-0 against the spread in three real marquee games, right? So now you have them coming home, laying a huge number against an Atlanta team whose season is probably over, and, oh, by the way, what's on deck for the 49ers? Well, it's a game that's looking to be pretty interesting now against the Rams next week because of how the Rams have been playing. And then after that, we have a divisional winner take all game in Seattle, more than likely. So not only is this a sandwich spot, this is like a double decker sandwich spot, right? Because you have three games the week prior that were all massive, you know, nationally interested. Games, You know, not just fans of the 49ers and their opponents were keeping an eye on those games. And then the following two weeks, you have massive divisional games where the 49ers are going to try and wrap up not just the division, but the number one seed in the NFC. So there are larger fish to fry than beating up on the Falcons. So just a a situational spot that I like. I'm taking the Falcons plus ten and a half.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't hate it here, Greg either. and, And this Niners team. Is is a is a banged up team. So this this if there's a game that they would want to get in and get out,
0: this really would be it. Let's wrap things up and go to the Steel City, and it is the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Buffalo Bills Sunday Night Football. One one and a half twos out there as well on Pittsburgh uh, Lion at home. The short number total of thirty five and a half. And I love the Steelers. This is my other max play, in addition to the Raiders. Pittsburgh has just found it's itself. Consensus max play, and there you have it. Matt likes it as well, and I'll certainly let him speak to it as well. But what I'm seeing here is a Pittsburgh team that has so much momentum. And listen, like it might be Duck Hodges, and he might not be anything, but they're winning games with him. And it has not just been one week now. He's three and zero. As the Steelers' starting quarterback, and gosh, that defense—it doesn't matter who's on the other side. They're just teeing off. Uh, you know, 17 points last week against Arizona. They only gave up 13 to the Browns, 10 to the Bengals. Uh, you know, only 12 against the Rams. Uh, Huge back in- playoff implications here as well. Exactly. I mean, this is—you got four teams in the AFC: uh, Houston, Tennessee, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh—and only three of them are going to make the playoffs. Massive game, home field advantage. I think the catch-up the bottle, Heinz Field, is going to be popping for Pittsburgh. No reason for me to think that they can't do what they've been doing and win this game 23-13, to 13, something like that. Uh, and both these teams try and do the uh, similar things, right, where they're not explosive, high-powered offenses, and they kind of rely a lot on their defense. Well, normally I think the energy and the emotions of the home field – can also help with a defensive-oriented team, and it really hasn't mattered for Pittsburgh. Their defense has been dominant on any field really this year, but I love them on Sunday Night Football, under the bright lights to keep things rolling, Uh, so the Steelers is a max play for me. Matt, I'll let you provide any additional reasoning.
1: Greg, I mean, you really hit it, it, all the points there. I mean, these teams, in my opinion, I mean, also only settled separated by one game. And if the Steelers were to win this, they would have the same record, and Steelers hold the tiebreaker. I mean, they're very similar teams. They, you know, not crazy good offenses. They let their defense keep them in the games, and they do just enough on offense to win the game. And their defense comes up with a timely turnover, very or or a timely stop. You know, very similar games uh, at night, prime time. Mike Tomlin, very experienced head coach. The you know still I have think the coach home. of the year, right? Um, potentially, potentially. Uh, what Mike v- Vrabel has done down in Nashville, Tennessee, is 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 impressive. But coach of the year really comes down to the next three games, right? I mean, we spoke about this. I think last week, if Tennessee Titans run the table. Um, and they finish eleven and five. I don't know how. There's no way in hell you don't give the coach of the year to Mike Vrabel because when you think about it, he made a coaching decision, right? Mike Tomlin. Sure,
0: that's a good it, point.
1: He's been a great coach, but he's just kept performing with Watson him. Mike Vrabel had a bench, a former. Well, what pick was Mariota? Was he number two one? Overall. Number two, yeah, number two overall. Excuse me you know for a guy who was let go from the Miami Dolphins right and so and Ryan Tanno has done an amazing job in that Tennessee Titans team but let's be real if the Tennessee Titans don't win the division nor make the wild card then they, yeah there's no way they're going to he's going to be winning coach of the year over a Steelers team with Mike Tomlin who effectively would have then made the wild card so i think it comes down to those two for sure um maybe I don't even know. I think it's between those two right now, in my opinion, unless
0: you got someone else in there. Well, yeah, I mean, I mentioned, I mean, if Buffalo is to win this game, then you got to throw Sean McDermott's name in the mix. And and I think Kyle Shanahan deserves to be considered as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Kyle Shanahan definitely deserves to be considered. I think we're a little, we can all agree, we're a little less shocked, though, by the Niners. Because coming into the Bad expectations for
0: this Niners team. Oh, yeah. And then Jimmy Uh, goes down. I took San Francisco over eight and a half wins, and I thought that it was a team that was on the precipice of a breakthrough, right, with all the defensive linemen that they were drafting high. They brought in Richard Sherman. It was a defense that they were investing in, and, and now we're seeing the results.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you can't take anything away from him, but when you do what's expected of you, I don't think it's as impressive as when you do, you no, know, I,
0: I, I, would, I would say, though, that even like you say expected, I think San Francisco has still exceeded expectations this year, right? Exceeded
1: expectations, not even a question. But if this Steelers team finishes with 10 wins and, and a wild card berth, there is no way in hell Mike Tomlin doesn't win
0: it, in my I, opinion. I agree. Um, Anything else at- on this game, Pittsburgh-Buffalo?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with everything you said. I think Pittsburgh's defense gets that Tommy Stop, that Tommy Turner. But I think their offense is enough. I think the home crowd plays a factor here. And I think the Buffalo Bills just run out of steam. I, I'm really not a huge fan of the Buffalo Bills. Maybe that's because, you know, Josh Allen doesn't just do it for me. But I, I just, I don't think, I know they, they keep winning games somehow, but I just think they're a pretender.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and I'll kind of agree with that. And
1: I do know. think both of these teams are pretenders. I don't think either of them make noise in the playoffs whatsoever. Well, let
0: me ask, but still good stories. I, let me ask you as we wrap this up. There's, I mentioned four teams in the AFC for three spots. Houston, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Obviously, Houston and Tennessee are going to play each other twice. One of them is going to win the AFC South. And then you're going to have three teams for two wild-card spots. Who, who's going to miss the playoffs out of those four?
1: Um. Well... Give me one minute. I just need to pull up the Buffalo Bills schedule because,
0: assuming we're right, I, I tell, tell these, you that they play the B- Buffalo plays at New England and then they play the Jets.
1: Yeah, so I mean, effectively, you got to think that Buffalo is going to lose that game at New England considering they lost that game in Buffalo. So I don't expect them to go on the road there. So that would be they would be sitting at, <clears throat> you know, nine and six, right? And then effectively, they beat the Jets at 10 and six. And the Steelers are sitting 8-5, so if they were to beat the Bills and then go on the road and beat the Jets, then they're sitting with the 10-win mark, and they would have the tiebreaker over the Bills. And then it gets real interesting, because the Steelers go on the road to Baltimore Week 17. Do we see a Lamar Jackson playing in that game, Greg? I don't know. You know, it's a really tough decision, because they already – you know, they might have the number one seed locked up by then. But do you bench him more, knowing that you have the number one seed and then a bye week? That means he's not seeing an uh, NFL game for three weeks of action. I don't know if you want that much time off, but it's definitely something to consider, especially with the nature of his game and how he can get hit and hurt at any time. So it's just really interesting to see how the schedule and everything plays out. Um. I I think I can tell you one thing. I think the Texans are going to get in because uh, whatever, however they do it, I think they're out of these four teams, they're the most talented, and I do think they're the most dangerous. If they are uh, in the playoffs, you know, they had that home game week 17 against the Titans and they play on the road. I think at worst they can go one and one there. If they go one and one there, Greg, just as we spoke, they have a better divisional record than the Titans because the Titans dropped the game to the Jaguars. So the Texans just need to go one and one here and then effectively either and then effectively do the same thing that the Titans do. But the Titans play the Saints while the Texans play the Bucks. Right. So, so we, you know, that's a clear, easier game it's for It's a little the easier of
0: a road map for Houston.
1: Exactly. So if you say the Titans go one and one with the Texans and they split, and then you say they lose to the Saints, that would be the Titans' Um, on the outside looking in, and I think that's where I'm going to have to go because, frankly, they just have the toughest game out of all three. Like we said, the Steelers could punch their ticket by winning this game and having the tiebreak over the Bills, and then they might get lucky playing the Ravens Week 17. And for the Bills, again, they have this game to beat the Steelers. So this game is just huge for that, but ultimately I do think it's the Tennessee Titans' On the outside looking in, unless somehow you know they're able to go 2-0 and against the Texans and, 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 and bounce the Texans, I, I do think that we see the Tennessee Titans on the outside looking in.
0: There you have How it, you? Matt. Always a pleasure. I know you're going to be in, on a little bit of a vacation, so enjoy your cruise and, and we'll do Who, it who's again. Who's out uh, for you, Greg? Hold on. Who's out for you? Who's out for out me? Of- uh, you know, I, I'm actually going to say Buffalo. Because I do think Tennessee can win both those Houston games, even if they lose against New Orleans. So I, I think okay. you're going to see both AFC South teams make it, and you're going to see Pittsburgh win this game and oh, so have tiebreakers the, over the Buffalo. Texans still win the wild card, right?
1: If they lose, so you're saying the Texans are going to make the wild card at nine and seven,
0: but because the Bills. They- well, wait, hang on. Buffalo is at, Buffalo has well, four walls, Buffalo losses, would right? be
1: nine and seven, effectively, losing right. lose to the Steelers and losing to the Patriots. I mean, they would be ten and 6 that They'd if be ten they and six. The, my
0: mistake. So then I would say, I'll change my answer there. Uh, wow, the, so you're the Texans. The Texans. I, I've been anti-Texans for a while, and I, it seems like, yes, they have a lot of talent, but the coaching staff, O'Brien just never seems to maximize his roster, and, you know there was nothing more emblematic about the Texans than last week when you you have a spot where you just follow it up and win that game against the after winning against the Patriots you got a Denver team coming in I know it's a so, Greg, card. you can get
1: some nice odds on that, by the way, because you're you're now asking the Tennessee Titans to win two divisional games on the road and at home, and now, you know, when the Texans just need to win one of them, it doesn't matter,
0: but yep. see, uh, I, think, I, I see I, where you're going
1: with that, and I, I guess I, I
0: understand. Yeah, like, I feel good about Tennessee winning this week in Nashville, and, uh, you know, then I think that, you know, changes things a little bit, if then you have Houston in the wild card spot, and... You know, let, let's not let's not act like Tennessee uh, – yeah, they'll probably lose to the Saints. But right now, the way Tennessee's playing like, and the way that they're looking offensively with Ryan Tannehill playing this well and Derrick Henry running this well, hopefully his hamstring's okay. Like, there's not a team right now that I think you could say, oh, yeah, the Titans are going to lose to them. Like, they, they're playing unbelievable. So I, I got to show some respect to the Titans – Uh, And and I know the schedule's tough, but I think they can find a way to win two of the three, and I think it's likely both Texans games. Fair
1: enough, Greg. Fair
0: enough. But as I said, Matt, enjoy your cruise, and we'll be back uh, right before Christmas with another edition of Full Slate. Yes, sir. Have a good one, Greg. I'll talk to you when I'm back. This has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and please play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran.